Welcome back to the Marine Corps Movie Minute, where we discuss the movies of the Marine Corps one minute at a time. We've reached minute 116, and I am Brian. I'm Jack. And today we have the guys from the Wilder Ride podcast. Hey, yeah, thanks for inviting us back. I'm Alan. And I'm Walt. Hey, thanks, guys, for coming back. That didn't sound like really fake or staged or hokey at all. It sounded like really no, natural and all. everything. <laughs> we have now finished the cheese portion of the podcast. <laughs> I mean, literally, that's how we've been talking offline, too, the whole time. Yeah, how are you doing? <laughs> hey, did you watch the minutes? Yes, I watched the minutes. <laughs> well, speaking of minutes, um, 116 begins with Gunny heading out to mark the, the airstrike or the zone. And it ends with choppers coming in for the rescue. We're, we're, we're picking up uh, from last minute. We're going to head it out the door to go mark, uh, you know, go mark where the, 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 the strike zone, basically, for the, hopefully, the, well, I already spoiled it. The hel- uh, the, for the helicopters, the gunships to come in to bail their ass out because they're, they're pinned down still in this building by, by the light armor. We get a couple interesting shots of Gunny kind of single-handedly trying to fight off the armor and, and all the, the infantrymen with them. Perspective kind of changes a little bit because he kind of throws the, the smoke grenade in one direction and all of a sudden he's standing by behind the smoke grenade shooting back and then he gets hit and now he's laying face down on the ground. Basically, I think Gunny's dead and the movie's over. <laughs> you know, okay, I had a did. lot of issue with some of the framing of these shots in this minute we're going to be talking about, mm. including, which we'll get to, a, an incredibly missing infantryman. Which I will, I will mention when we get further in a minute, unless you guys have it in your notes. We notice the, the helicopters hovering behind the trees, too, while the Marines are fighting behind the buildings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Waiting for the queue to, just, to say, okay, guys. To lift and... up. They wait. They're there for like two or three shots. And then, <laughs> then they lift up. Like, where are we waiting? Yeah, this minute's a little funny with the way things kind of present themselves. Um, as far as, you know, I, I know what you're talking about as far as that missing infantryman. It is towards the end of the minute, I think, if, I, if we're talking about the same thing. Yeah, you'll see a guy. I guess I could just explain it now, and then as we get to it, you'll see when the guys decide to start firing around the corner, you, know, you see him approaching from the, from the building, the camera's tracking, and then it gets to the opening where you know that the enemy's you know, in the open area, and then it cuts to the reverse shot, and you see one guy go kind of, in the middle of the open, doesn't have any sense of cover, no sense of like diving down or anything. He's just shooting and then he starts to walk back. Then we have a couple of back and forth shots. And then when the helicopters eventually show up over the ridge, well, not that you can't see the helicopter blades already, but yeah. he's gone mysteriously. When the helicopters <laughs> rise, no one in the shot. Where'd he yeah. go? Yeah. <laughs> and I was trying to figure out who that who that was. was and and I, I feel like it might have been Mario Van Peebles that was Stitch Jones. But I'm not positive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's hard to tell. Oh, you know what? I actually figured it out because uh, I'm literally just keep clicking as you're talking, and it's it is Stitch Jones. It's Mario Van Peebles, and he kneels down. He's going to get Gunny. He's going to get Clint Eastwood, and he and he's behind the smoke as, as the smoke comes up. Um, mm. Let's see if I can tell what second. But it, it is. when I paused it, I, and I don't know, maybe it's because my my image may not be so good. I can't tell. Are they in that little blackened area? In, I don't know. It's hard to tell, but maybe he is laying down at this point. But for my, my image of my screen, is like, where did he go? I don't see anybody. I, just, I see the blue smoke. I, I had the same thing, and it's only literally through us talking about it right now that you see, let's see if I can pinpoint the exact seconds that it is. So you see Stitch Jones. All right. I, I got the series of events. It's at 33 seconds. 
Stitch Jones and Lieutenant Ring are running up to the corner of the building. Stitch shoots and goes out. He's and now it's now the now we're seeing the from the perspective of the armor and and, and the helicopter blades in the background. And you yep. see, it's, it's <laughs> and I didn't notice that either. And that's hilarious. You can't unsee it now. And it's right. <laughs> it, it's just right there. <laughs> Why didn't they help sooner? Clint <laughs> Eastwood could have died. Um, <laughs> it's in 36 seconds. You see, uh, uh, Mario Van Peebles is in front of the smoke, and he's out in the in the open. Yeah, and then it and then it cuts back and it's thirty uh, second thirty eight and he's and it's a Ponte shooting and now we're you know we're getting it from behind the the Marines. They cut back and st- at, uh, the thirty nine second mark, um, Stitch Jones turns his back to the armor and is running into the cloud of smoke and he's kind of hopping and he, then he kneels. They cut. They do the reverse shot again, uh, and they cut back and he's still there. At the 44-second mark, right before the smoke billows over and the helicopters are just now starting to rise, you can see he's kneeling down next to something that was laying there. And I figured out based on the, from the perspective earlier where you see Clint Eastwood laying down and the smoke is there and they see him from the building, he went over to check on Gunny. And then, and then right at 46 seconds, the smoke blows right in front of him so you can't see him. You know, this would have been a great place for an insert seeing Sweet get to Gunny before this happened. But yeah. you're right. I, now that now that we've kind of gone like second by second, because I lost track of them with my on my computer yeah. screen. If I had, if I brought the DVD up on the, my big screen, I might have seen that that little dark blob next to the blue smoke was, I guess, someone laying prone and then someone kind of like, uh, uh, like you said, kneeling or kind of like laying over them. So... All right, I see him now. Okay, so he's not disappearing, but it sure looked like it when I was reviewing it initially. So. No, I, I had the same thing because I'm like, wait a minute, that's like, that's a goof. Yeah, like, they just cut, mm-hmm. he's gone. Uh, and all the times that I've watched this, I never paid attention to the layout and how that's, that's where Clint Eastwood was going, or even the fact that Mario Van Peebles, you know, went to Gunny. Like, like that's, that's another... Honestly, this is another little character trait of Stitch Jones. He's he's risking his life going out in the open to check on Gunny Highway, a guy he could not stand and stole from earlier in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I always just took it as, all right, the helicopters show up. Now we cut because that's what movies do. They cut to the next scene, and he's at Gunny's side. I didn't know that they set. They literally show it. it it's in the movie. It's just it's such a minor detail. Um, I've never noticed it until we were literally discussing it because I wanted to see where he went too. <laughs> Yeah. But, you know, we as we've gone through this movie, Perry and I have noted, noted a few instances of this. Like, when Profile di- discharges his weapon at the rifle range in a manner he should not be doing because he was not mm. using trigger discipline. Right. For, like, the two minutes prior to that, he's fucking with his weapon the entire time. He's dropping his, uh, his magazine. He's looking at it. He's like, so they're setting this up this whole time that something's wrong with his weapon. <laughs> And I mm-hmm. never noticed that before until we slowed it down. Because, you know, you're always, you're focusing on, I think at that time, uh, Gunny was talking to Forgetti, and then Gunny was talking to Stitch. But this whole time, that was that was going on in the background. And I, I think um, we just noticed a few other little details like that here and there that, that it's like, oh, no, they're they're doing their due diligence for the most part. There's a few fl- uh, flubs here and there that we noticed too, though. <laughs> well, that's the thing that... One thing that... I'm sorry, go ahead, Alan. I would say that's the thing Walt and I loved about going through. When you slow movies down at this pace, it's amazing how you watch movies differently from now on. Oh, how yeah. you'll pay yeah. attention uh, to yeah. those those outside details. And, and sometimes you'll see, 
wow, this was a well edited and framed together series of shots. And then other you go, oh, continuity error, oh, continuity yeah. error. And you can tell, you know, when <laughs> yep. things match and when they don't. Yeah. Uh, one thing we noticed about this movie, too, is, you know, a lot of times we'll be watching this um, not on the big screen, just on our computer with headphones. And we're like, wow, I never heard that line of dialogue or I never heard that soundtrack or song even in the background. And we've picked it up big time and to the point where Perry's even joked about he wants to watch he wants to watch every movie with headphones now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, it's funny how many times I go back and I'm like, wait a minute. What did they say? Because there, I'll be watching a movie and I'll miss something. I just kind of let it go. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people that will do this will put the closed captioning on so they can read the dialogue. Yeah. Or what I like to do is I like to get a copy of the production script and see what ended up getting dropped or changed from what was supposed to be shot. So that's always a lot of fun too. Yeah, and of course, and sometimes if there's a like a a, a book that came along with it, it's usually based on those early drafts. So you can kind of get like, oh, that was a scene that totally got cut out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Rocky Minute guys do that. It oh, drives oh Jason the, the infamous novelization. And, yes. <laughs> yeah. That's one of my favorite bits they do, though. <laughs> the fact that it drives Jason nuts. I, I love that. <laughs> I just, I love it. Yeah, uh, it's great. <laughs> and well, and ask you some spot on I, impersonation. <laughs> I've got a question as a non military person. Um, so, you know, talking about that scene at the range, this has always bothered me because profile is, is, Obviously a goofball. He's kind of comic relief at times, but he's a recon Marine. He shouldn't be having that much trouble with his equipment, <laughs> no. particularly his rifle. No. So yeah. let's go back to what I said. Walt, let's go back to what like, I said Monday. Walt, let's go back to what I said Monday. <laughs> There's some Hollywoodization going yeah, there on in this movie. Is. <laughs> there definitely is. You so. can even like, like we've, we've kind of like, we, we, we look at this from a, what were the movie people trying to do? And then also, all right, let's look at it from in universe. If, if this was real, like, like how could this happen? And a lot of this movie, you know, is, I mean, it's, it's fiction. It's, it's, it's not true to life. And that's why at the time the Marine Corps disavowed this movie because, you know, you got like a force recon unit and they're shipbirds and that, that's just not the case. Right. Right. But if you look at it from in movie logic, you can at least understand how these guys could have been turds because they had um, they had an incompetent CO at battalion level. They had prior to Clint Eastwood getting there, they had a guy that was road. He was he was retired on active duty, so he was letting them do whatever they want. And then you you know so not only was uh, Major Powers just kind of letting them, letting them to their own devices, he wasn't taking care of them, but he was also treating them as training dummies and not actual Marines. He was not trying to train them up at all. And, and honestly, in major powers opinion, Gunny highway was yet just another, you know, relic an old codger. That's, that's not going to do his job and train these guys up. So you can kind of understand how 18 to 22 year old, you know, guys don't give a fuck because <laughs> nobody comes to give right. a fuck about them. But the fact that profile is so incompetent, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a recon marine, basically the special forces of the Marine Corps. That ain't happening. <laughs> it's just yeah, no right. <laughs> well, and, and one one thing that is kind of interesting about his character, though, is you do love him. And when he gets killed, it it, it, it hurts you. Yes. You know, it because they make you like him. Uh, you know, the goofiness, the stupidity, uh, <laughs> you, you like him. And then you kind of feel the same thing that all the guys in the platoon feel when he goes down. 
Well, and that's what I was going to say that you have to accept that for a Hollywood story for a non-military audience, it's a lot it's a lot more satisfying to the audience if you have a bunch of scrubs and goofballs. It wouldn't have happened in Recon. But when you see them as scrubs and goofballs, if you don't know anything about the Marines, and then you see what they can be whipped up into, and they all become like this fighting unit, it's a much more satisfying journey for the audience. So I understand why they do it. It certainly wasn't to try to capture realism as much as about the symbolism of what it is to be a Marine. Yeah, this this movie um, follows a lot of the same tropes as like a uh, like a sports movie, especially like a kids' sports movie, like the Bad News Bears. These are the plucky screw ups, or the you know, and they, and and first platoon is the rich kids with all the with all the units and stuff, and or you know all the units with all the um you know all the money and all the all the training things that they need, and and they have a match, and, and they they literally do in this movie, they they have a, a fight in that little bear pit thing there, and it, it does it, it's like stripes, it's like it's like mighty ducks, mm-hmm. you know, it's all that. But then we get a war movie at the end of that. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a little. Well, it also reminded me a lot. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of Baba Black Sheep as well. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. Here's Pappy Boyington, uh, and and it just we just changed theaters into the Pacific, where all these guys are scrubs, they're all losers, they're all ready for you know to be kicked out of the army or the Air Corps. Um, and here, all of a sudden, here comes this guy who says, "Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take these scrubs, and they've all got something worth you know whipping into shape, and then they become this." you know, elite air unit. And those are always great stories. We love seeing the idea of, you know, because we all identify, unfortunately, with the fuck-ups, right? So, if, <laughs> hey, look, at they became the heroes. We could be heroes yeah. too, you know? Well, th- like, like, like I'm, you know, as you're talking, I'm watching the, this minute, and it's the it's the scene where Gunny's taken out, and they all go to Lieutenant, the, all of the recon go to Lieutenant Ring for what do we do next? And it's now all on his shoulders. He doesn't have money yeah. to rely on. He's the man in charge. And as we've already discussed, he's the boot. He has no um, practical application of all the theories that he's studied. But it's up to him now. And, and it's kind of like, it's like the way that the, the, the camera pans in onto his face. And, and it's like a dramatic thing. And he's like, let's go. And he's, he's stepping up and he's making decisions. And we're going to go kick ass, basically. Yeah. And right. it's his Take journey as well. Jedi Master has taught them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah the, yep. Now I become the master. Yeah. <laughs> well, but Gunny unlocked in him, just like everybody else, the talent was there, but the, the, the practical application wasn't. You know, he knew theory. Obviously, he had gone through the schooling, but he needed somebody to kind of inspire him and whip him into shape and that's the that's the role that you know gunny highway plays in this and that's i mean i like early on when you meet him and he's such a dork and and chuzu says to, to gunny highway you know, you didn't think you were just gonna you know just train a bunch of you know basically lance corporals you, <laughs> you got to train this guy too <laughs> mm-hmm. and he's like you know when, when's my life gonna be easy never and it's yeah. it, and you see ring's journey throughout this because I like I like I love Ring in this in this movie, especially yeah. watching it in this format. You see how he grows, and he he may be a dork, and he may be kind of nerdy, and he's intentionally played that way, and he's and he's definitely naive, but he learns, and he's got a he's got a pair. He stood up the powers early on. Yep. He took responsibility. He easily could have let Gunny take the fall for when he gave permission for Gunny to you know live train um, freelance the men. There's mm-hmm. a few other times where he stepped up and. You think he's going to be the pushover. You think he's going to be um, uh, just another bureaucrat like Powers or, or just 
a kiss ass, and he's not. Well, and you get the sense that he's got a good moral center too. Yeah, he's got a yeah. he's got a backbone. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah the whole idea you know, he's supposed to be the weak guy with the he's like the, supposed to be the wimpy guy with the glasses until you realize he's got he's got a big set of brass balls and a backbone. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that moment to me just is solidified when they're both being chewed out by the major, and when he does step up and they're in the hall for a second, and he he dismisses Highway and goes send him in. And then they have that little exchange in the hallway, mm-hmm. yeah. and you realize Gunny gives him the nod, and he's like, "You just had that exchange where the lieutenant almost felt empowered to go back in and face the music, like, hey, yeah. the Gunny appreciated what I did.' Yeah, recon, yeah. thumbs up, and it, it's a cool yeah. moment. Yeah, and it does. It's, it's a great moment, and it totally, yeah, it gets him on board, and it shows that he's kind of it, it's. It, the, the, you see the smile on his face, like the happiness, you know, that, that Gunny mm-hmm. approves, yeah. you know? <laughs> well, and one of the cool moments right. him, The lieutenant's like, my sergeant approves of me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Gunny approves. <laughs> but one of the t-shirt. great things about that is when he introduced himself to Gun, to um, Gunny Highway, he looked at his chest and saw the, oh. uh, the Medal of Honor ribbon. <laughs> yeah. And that got his attention, and he was like, whoa. So now he's got a guy who is a recon sergeant who's been there, done that, and has a Medal of Honor giving him the thumbs up. Yeah. And yeah. Like, that made his spine solid steel. And the, the other thing I really like about the way they develop his character here is that Gunny's out of commission. The guy that they've relied on is down. They could easily have turned to one of the other guys in the unit. They could have folded. But they all step up and look at the lieutenant and say, Lieutenant, what are we doing? And they look to the commander for leadership, and I thought I thought that was a great moment for him. Yeah, yeah, that that's that is awesome because he he is the guy, and they, they have enough, like you said, confidence in him now because he's learned under Gunny, he's been there with them throughout this as well. Like he's it's his baptism of fire as well as theirs, but he's the guy in charge. <laughs> yeah, and he's stood up for them, and he he's done he's done right by them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're right, Walt. I love the camera move where it starts just a little low and pushes in. That's that the, the hero pose whenever the camera's yeah. looking up. It's either make somebody look intimidating or make somebody look heroic. And it kind of pushes in, and you feel like everyone's staged around. Like I don't know how many times in combat all the guys rally around for the group shot, but it's, it makes for a nice picture. And yeah. as the camera pushes in, you feel it welling up within him. And you almost feel like in the audience – even if you, because I disassociate, well, well, what would happen militarily versus what's happening on screen? That patriot side of me, that, um, you know, raw, I'll, I'll go, go USA, it just wells up. You just feel just as proud as the guy that's like taking charge and you're finally, he's feeling his own in, in combat, you know? And, and they could have, they could have overplayed that scene. This is actually very understated where he's like, let's go. You know, it's, it's a matter right. of fact. And it could have been like, let's go or Ooh. now, um, they, you know, it could have been more dramatic, especially the way they, 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 they shot it. But yeah. it, I like mm-hmm. that it was understated because that's what he, he's like, let's go. Like, right. We're doing, I this. think it's more yeah. about posing the guys and the camera does the work. Like the camera brings the audience right up and we see the decision on his face. You know, honestly, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, uh, uh, of end game. Not as, I mean, that was ultimately, uh, you know, totally dramatic at the end, but when all the heroes got together and then, you know, hopefully you guys saw Endgame, and I'm not spoiling it. <laughs> yes, we oh, did. No, you just ruined the biggest <laughs> movie. In I, know, I know, right? Because I'm like, I'm like, I still have that little bit of like, should I say it? <laughs> but when they're all posed, the music's swelling. They they zoom in on Captain America. He 
grabs Millioner one more time and he's like, Avengers! And then it's assemble. It's not yeah. screaming. <laughs> and that's kind of like a little bit like Ringoing. You know, everybody surrounding him, let's go. <laughs> you know, it's not let's go. It's not let's go. It's let's go. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's the difference between when they know you're the commander versus when you have to tell them you're the commander. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, he, and, yeah, they respect him at this point for sure. You know, sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. That, and I think you're right. I think, right. Right. I think if exactly he had, right. if he had yelled or done something, it would have been almost too hokey, but this looks good. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not his character to yell, I don't think. Although there's, exactly. there's, there's a Joe. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, 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 that would have been awesome. <laughs> no, well, well actually there there, I, there was one scene I liked that with Lieutenant Ring when it's a pretty cool shot where they're on the um the the landing the the, the uh Help me, Perry. Help me here. When they're, when they're on the helicopter nope. uh, carrier, <laughs> I don't, yeah, because you don't remember <laughs> either. <laughs> you build the shed, you die with the shed. <laughs> well, when, when they're on the USS Bella Wood, as we discovered, um, they're the helicopter. You know, they got the little elevator where they, the helicopter comes down to the waiting recon marines, and Gunny and Lieutenant Ring are on that helicopter, and they're, that's when they're telling them, "Hey, that we're going to war." Right. And, and Ring puts on his big boy voice and he's like, and it was like, Grenada, what the oh. hell is that? And he's like, Grenada, yeah. uh, you know, 86 nautical miles off the coast. And like, he's giving all the facts, but he's like, he's doing it in such a commander kind of voice. <laughs> and right. it, it, so they could have done that here, but he's, he's doing it a little more understated where he's like, you know, again, let's go. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, it's like he read it out of a government manual. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He's just the facts, ma'am. You know? Right. <laughs> Well, I, I've got one more question. Uh, yeah. Again, as, as somebody who's not, I've never thrown smoke before. Why does Gunny Highway expose himself to fire? Couldn't he have thrown all those all those smoke grenades from the, the corner from of the, the doorway? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think that I think that's movie logic so that he could get hit. <laughs> yeah. And we think he's that's dead. That's the only thing that made sense to me. I, I've never been able to figure that one out. Well, yeah. that's that's why I thought it was funny this first the first like ten seconds or so because he goes out there you know so he takes the same path that we see the the recon marines do later. He goes by the building. He exposes himself. He could have stayed behind the building like you said and just chalk. It, it, it's only a few feet. But yeah. for some reason, as he to- tosses it, he keeps going in the same direction yeah. as, yeah. you know. Now, true to life in Grenada, not during Operation Urgent Fury, there was such communication issues trying to call down some airstrikes and not just using credit cards. There, I read an instance where there was, some, I think it was a Ranger again. It might have been a SEAL. But they had to go take uh, reflectors or mirrors and they were like flagging down the... Uh, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I remember that story. Yeah, so it's... um. I mean, so Gunny's practically calling the airstrike down on himself. Yeah. Yeah. But, and so I think it's really funny how he's now on the, he's in the woods a little bit and he's shooting at the armor where he could have stayed at the relative safety, I guess, of the, uh, you know, of the building, unless he was worried that the, the blast was going to cause, um, you know, debris and that, that could have, could have hit him. I don't know. Yeah. The only other thing I thought is if he was trying to draw fire away from the rest of the guys. Yeah, that that could make sense too. I I feel like without you know, to me it's it's they had to have that moment of panic of Gunny being killed to show that they can step up and function without him. And, yeah. and maybe and us as an audience yeah, go, uh oh, Clint Eastwood's in trouble. But in all in all honesty, this to me is the weakest we see Gunny Highway. It doesn't make a lot of sense based on everything else he's done at this point. It makes <laughs> no. as a watcher yeah. like, wait a minute, what are you doing? You're running out. You're exposing yourself. 
you're completely in the wide open, and you're just popping a grenade that you could have done from the doorway and never walked outside to begin with. And then you realize, oh, it's for the script. Okay, the script told me I have to do this. Gotcha. Because <laughs> he does just kind of toss it. He doesn't even throw it. And, I mean, they're not he that heavy. He can, yeah, he just drops it. Yeah. In fact, and then when he gets, when they show this shot of Stitch looking at him from the building and he's just laying face down, looking all dead and stuff, he's, he's sitting right next, he's laying right next to the smoke. Luckily, the helicopters hovered there behind the trees long enough to figure out exactly where to shoot yes. so they didn't kill anybody. That's what they were doing, I think. Were, yeah. <laughs> That's what they were doing. What do you think? Like, now, wait a minute. Is the smoke where we shoot or the smoke where we yeah. don't shoot? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, that armor looks like not ours, but you know the smoke's here in front of these Marines. So we, you know, what, what do we do? <laughs> yeah, the armor well, looks see. like nothing I've ever seen before. I don't know that that is anywhere close to actual armor. Yeah. Are you talking about what the guys from Grenada, the 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 little island forces, are using? Yep. Which was actually a mixed force of Cubans, um, some Soviets. Yep. And and uh, there was one other. It was one, I think it was like a, one of the, one of the Caribbean islands, I think sent that, that our communists sent somebody to it. was, it was, it was like a mix of three different, um, whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What they, this was a, an American made Cadillac gauge commando, which was the armor, but they said it was apparently meant to be a BRDM, which is some sort of, um, basically a communist Soviet style. A Russian made. Yeah. Right. Russian. Yeah, exactly. Paint a red star on the side of it, and it's all of a sudden Russian. But it looks like it was just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Hammer and sickle, and you got a Russian vehicle. Right. There you go. For some reason, Patrick Swayze's trying to take it out, and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Wolverines! <laughs> yeah, I saw something the other day. I said, where do you see yourself in five years? And it was just the Wolverines. <laughs> <laughs> it's about right the way we're going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, good thing we're all like hooking up together now because we'll all at least know where to go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. And, oh my god. And we got this great training manual from Gunny and Lieutenant Ring, and you know, <laughs> so just That's don't right. pop the smoke. Just stay behind the brick building when you throw throw the smoke yeah. grenades. <laughs> I had a question for the for the group: Is do you think Gunny would have gotten a medal for this for this heroic action? Would it just been like a like a maybe not a Navy Cross, but do you think he would have gotten some sort of medal of valor for? Well, maybe a purple heart. <laughs> definitely a purple heart. He definitely got hurt. <laughs> I think the lieutenant very much would have put him in because they did choose to adapt, improvise, and you know overcome. They decided to take the hill. They did everything that this the major didn't want them to do, but that's exactly what they needed to do. Yeah. And that's to me, that's what happens when when people get awarded medals. It's not for doing anything heroic. It's for just doing the right thing, but doing it in a way that gets recognized by those who are around them i'm sure a lot of people could get medals if somebody wanted to put their name in in this case some people don't but i think this lieutenant is so much of a student of marine corps you know college that whole idea of like war college he would have very much i think put in gunny's name as somebody who should be deserving of an award yeah, I I yeah. totally could see that. I just I was thinking like, is this another CMH? But it's it's not enough to <laughs> to justify yeah. it. But uh, I was thinking so like, oh. here's the other thing I was thinking too is this was like a three day deal, but it was the first you know combat that we had really seen in years. So I think that uh, things that might have gotten overlooked in World War II or Vietnam or even in the wars we have going now because of the <laughs> scale of the war 
uh, he might have been recognized for something like this that might have gotten overlooked somewhere else. Does that make sense? No. Yeah. And and I've got numbers here. Did you guys go into or have you or are you planning to? And I shouldn't say it now about the in the actual assault on Grenada. How many on both sides were killed, wounded, or captured? Uh, slightly, but please feel free. And- well, I mean, there's it's 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 kind of sad because it's almost identical. Actually, in some ways, the you would you would have expected the U.S. to do better. Uh, by the end of this little skirmish, American forces had sustained about 19 killed and 116 wounded. Mm-hmm. The Cuban forces had 25 killed, which was six more, but only had 59 wounded. But they were able to. The U.S. captured 638 combatants who decided, "Oh shit, the U.S. is here. We're going to go ahead and surrender." So yeah, um, that's some, that's the but, you know, I saw too. Yeah, that, that's exactly it. So, I mean, it's twice the number of wounded on the American side versus the Cuban side. Now, but they, and, they had some friendly fire accidents, and they also had a helicopter crash. They had a few... True. They had a few... Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, they learned a lot from this invasion because things didn't go as smoothly as it could have. And, and, and I mean, obviously, people got hurt from combat, too, but some of, it, some of those numbers were inflated because of some of the... Um, right. But in answer to your question... Because of that, because of the number of wounded, regardless of whether it was friendly fire or not, I definitely think Gunny would have been up for an award because it likely with this assault brought things to a, a close a lot faster. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and I was I was really looking at it from the aspect of he put his body on the line to save his unit, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wasn't even factoring in the fact of what's going to happen um, shortly after this. <laughs> And, and not to mention no. what they've already done. They 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 were the ones, at least in in this movie, who liberated the college, right? Which again, I don't know how much you guys have read about this or remember, but apparently that was a big snafu as well, because they 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 got to the college and, and liberated all these students, and they were like, oh yeah, there's like 200 more at this completely other campus they didn't even know about, and so they had to like fight their way there. And then they, they saved those guys, and they're like, yeah, there's like 20 more somewhere else. And they're like, are you kidding me? Where are all these people? We Crazy. Because go, yeah. <laughs> they just didn't have the intel available, because who thought Grenada was going to pop off like this? <laughs> oh, right. yeah. Yeah, nobody had any idea. So, in fact, people now don't even know what Grenada was. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I'm sure most people don't. That does, that, like, we joked about the Forgotten War, I think, last minute, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, except aside from this movie and people f- who maybe kind of grew up around that time, people probably don't know much about it. I, b- I bet you a lot of people yeah. don't even know where Grenada mm-hmm. is. <laughs> In this exact same time frame where the U.S. had Grenada, the U.K. had the Falklands. Both of them are just like, what the hell? We're fighting yeah, over a little piece right. of island. No. Yeah, yeah. Yep. As a matter of fact, I, I read something that basically... Um, I think Thatcher wasn't too happy with Reagan for going in here without consulting them first. And he's like, no, we're, we're doing it. <laughs> we're going Yeah, in. <laughs> which is funny because he talked to her about everything. Yeah. Uh, he and Thatcher were very close. So, well, wh- yeah. when this happened, there was a, sta- a radio station in Atlanta that called the Sheriff's Department in Grenada, Mississippi, oh, which no. is ironically <laughs> my dad's hometown. And Grenada, said, Mississippi? Yeah, Grenada, Mississippi. <laughs> I've been there. We're being I've, evaded. I've been there. You remember, hey, Billy, you remember you been you to Grenada, Mississippi? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been to Grenada. Yeah. You remember You remember Howie, Billy? Yes. Yes. Yeah, he's from Grenada. I went there with him uh, from Pensacola for a 96 one time. That's well, hilarious. I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been to Grenada, Mississippi. Yeah, no shit. 
<laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> well, the the radio station, that is that is really funny. The the radio station here in Atlanta calls the sheriff's department and says, "Hey, I understand Grenada is being invaded. Can you tell me what's going on?" The sheriff doesn't know what's going on. I mean, the guy, you know, he's probably half in the bag from the night before, and he's like, "Wait, what are you talking about?" And he's like, "Yeah, the Marines are coming across Grenada Lake, and." You know, the invasion's going on, and he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but we're part of the United States. <laughs> and hung up on him. And then he got his bullet out of his pocket and got ready. <laughs> exactly. He and Andy went. And... <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I bet I bet that, that tape is out there somewhere. If I, I can find that on YouTube, I'll send it to you. But that is brilliant. I, that was, it was. It was great. God, you have been to Grenada, Mississippi. Woof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got it. You know, he's got a map in his house where he puts a pin in every place he's been, and he's like, Grenada. <laughs> Circle that. It was a lifelong dream. <laughs> that is really funny. I mean, it's a great little town, but there's nothing there. There's a Walmart, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember. So long ago. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, there wasn't. There wasn't a whole lot going on at a no. Out of Grenada, Mississippi. Not much. <laughs> apparently the Marines invade. Well, apparently the Marines did invade. Yeah, since they invaded and they kind of got everything squared away, it's uh, been a nice place to live. Yeah, <laughs> rescue some <laughs> college students that were there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, where would they have been? Lord. <laughs> the community college. but <laughs> There is actually a community college there, so I guess that would make sense. And... Uh, so yeah, that's that's funny, and it probably is about the size of the island. So a lot of parallels here. Yeah, yeah. See, who who knew? <laughs> yeah, maybe those guys just made a mistake. Yeah. They they called the wrong Grenada. They thought they were calling the right one. Yeah, well, I was saying, you know, I didn't think Reagan was would want to send in Marines to uh, you know to a small town, but now nowadays it could totally happen. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're not we're not above that at this point. <laughs> Uh, I know how I keep circling back to how shitty 2020 is. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, man. we've been, we've been skirting it. I don't know where your tone is with the audience, but yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, it's just a three one big 365 day shit show. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there's only there, what there's three or four more months uh, still to go. So <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're not even in fourth quarter yet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh Jesus Christ! You're right. <laughs> well, um, I guess since we're, we're we're bitching about 2020, <laughs> I guess it's time to wrap up this minute. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we talk about something a little more positive? Like where the, where the folks can find you. <laughs> Well, we are with uh, a podcast called The Wilder Ride. We've got a similar format, at least for the first couple of our seasons. Uh, but instead of looking at uh, Marine Corps movies one minute of the movie at a time, we are called The Wilder Ride because we are looking at the movies of Gene Wilder one minute of the, his movies at a time. Uh, we start off with Young Frankenstein in season one, Blazing Saddles in season two. Uh, third season, we kind of had to shift gears a little bit with what's going on in 2020 and turn it into more of a talk show. We always had the plan to do a side it's kind of a second show underneath the same label um, rather than try to create a second podcast, just keep the same name and just put everything under one branding. And uh, we had a chance to change the show format, at least this year, to be a little bit more upbeat and uplifting, uh, interviewing folks and guests and making it more talk show and just a lot of fun and entertainment. Maybe you learn something along the way. And that's what we've been doing in season three. And we're hoping to kind of right the ship in season four, maybe get back to our original plan of doing Silver Streak in season four. 
Beyond that, uh, I'll hand it over to Walt, who will tell you how you can learn about us, maybe even how to even get in touch with us if you want to visit our show and chat with us. Tell us what we got right, what we got wrong. Yeah, well, you can find us anywhere as The Wilder Ride. Fortunately, when we got going, nobody else was using that. And <laughs> so we are all over the internet as The Wilder Ride. You can find us on any podcatcher. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash The Wilder Ride. Uh, also, Alan and I are pretty active on social media. I know on Twitter, I do have a tendency to get a little political because I will insult just about any politician who says anything so if that's not your bag, probably stay away from my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, if you're saying stay away from yours, stay the fuck away yeah, from mine. Give Alan's a wide berth. <laughs> you had me at insulting politicians. <laughs> uh, you can find us all over social media. And uh, like, like we had mentioned yesterday, the uh, listeners group that we have is a great place to kind of track us and, uh, you'll find all kinds of stuff there. Uh, this week was International Star Trek Day, so there's some Star Trek stuff out there and uh, just a lot of great stuff. So uh, join us there, facebook.com slash The Wilder Ride. Excellent, guys. And uh, speaking of uh, listeners groups, we have the Marine Corps Movie Minute Quarter Deck, so please, everybody, join us on our quarter deck. And uh, uh, Alan, Walt, Perry, let's go. Hoorah, I've got a hashtag for you after what we talked about today. Let's say hashtag Gunny approved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's got to be a t-shirt.